If you're a tattoo artist and you're listening to the show, we've got a product that we think you should go and check out. Our buddy Gabe over at Tattoo Now has been setting up this extensive package for anyone who is in the business, and it's it's amazing. Uh, we're not getting paid for this this spot. We're doing this because we actually really just believe in the software and the service that Gabe offers. Now, the Tattoo Now business suite uh, comes in three different packages ranging anywhere from $99 a month up to $400 a month, and it's amazing. You'll get not only a professional CRM and client database where you'll never lose contacts again, right? It keeps everything in one space. It's easy to fill cancellations because everything is just right in front of your face. There's marketing that's attached to it. You also have integrations with like Google My Business and with your Facebook, Instagram, any of your other social medias, and you can do it all from one place. So if you're like Brian and you have all of these different social media accounts, it's all in one space. You can post to them just from one spot. So you don't have to have 50 different apps, you know, trying to keep track of everything. It's it's amazing. And that's just for the base package. I mean, if you start getting higher end on this stuff, like up to the, the premium one, I mean, you get one-on-one time with Gabe. And I mean, if you don't know of his past, I mean, first go back and listen to the show, but also just know that this dude knows what he's doing. Uh, it's more than 20 years just doing the tech side of stuff, but also he owned one of the most successful shops on the planet. And it's just amazing to have that wealth of knowledge at your fingertips. So why don't you head over to the Tattoo Now website and uh, fill out a request to have a talk with them. We'll have a link down in the show description, but if you're not somebody who likes to read that stuff, you can go to longevity.tattoonow.com forward slash two dudes. One word, two dudes is the affiliate link. You can go over there and uh, hit Gabe up. I mean, trust me, if if you hit this up and, and you take advantage of this, it's going to help your business. Streamline your stuff and give you more free time. Anyways, on to the show. Hello, welcome to the Two Dudes Talk Tattoos podcast, a podcast about tattooing so great it'll tear the pants right off your hind end. My name is Ryan Othis, I'm one of your hosts for the show. You can find me in Portland, Oregon at Better Tattooing Tattoo Shop, online at bettertattooing.com, and our YouTube channel uh, named Better Tattooing. My co-host is Brian Matthew. Uh, You can find him at the Tailored Fit Tattoo Gallery in Rogers, Arkansas, or checking out Brian Matthew illustrations or tattoos on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Brian's not with us today, sadly. I don't know what he was up to, but uh, something kept him away. So it's just me talking with Steve Peace. Now, if you don't know Steve Peace, he is an icon in Canada. He runs two conventions in Alberta that are just massive. They're crazy. It's it's a lot of fun hearing him talk about the difficulties of running such a thing and just seeing you know somebody who's been in the industry for you know thirty years ish how he still has the passion to talk about this you know art form you know whatever practice trade in such a way that you can tell he still really loves what he does. <clears throat> So it, it's fun, uh, and I think one of the best things about this is that Steve's just lighthearted. You know, for somebody who has such recognition and, and such a name and does such really cool tattoos, just for him to sit down on this, this you know, lowly show and shoot the shit for a while is amazing. So I'm not going to talk too much on the front end. I'll catch you on the back. Uh, this is my talk with Steve Peace of Immaculate Concept Tattoo and the Calgary Tattoo Convention and the Edmonton Convention, and uh, wait till you hear the jokes at the end. If you like what we do, please give us a follow, subscribe, like, 
any of those things, even a rating or review on the podcast platform of your choice that you choose to listen to us on. And also be sure to tell your friends. We really, really, really enjoy all the support we've had so far. We'd like to keep it going. So thank you so much. We hope you enjoy the show. Looking for good radio here. I'm eating peanuts while we start recording the initial bit here. <laughs> ah! <laughs> right on. Diabetic yeah. now, so I fucking have to snack responsibly. It's fucking yeah. horrible. You're diabetic now. Oh, this is what keeps you going. Oh yeah. I drink my coffee out of a baby cup. <laughs> yeah, I can't handle coffee. I just I don't know. Never liked it. Mm. I was I was a kind of a coffee person. Then I, I lived in Canada on and off for about thirteen years, and oh, no um, yeah, and then fucking Timmy's hit me, and I got addicted to it up until they like changed their roast. Well, Timmy's uh, McDonald's bought Timmy's roast. Yeah, and then the McDonald's coffee's fucking it slays up there, but they don't have Timbits. They just got their shitty food. <laughs> so you got to make yeah. two stops. You know, well, you got to find that double where where McDonald's right next to Tim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thanks for coming on today. This is yeah, great. No we'll just fucking jump fucking right in here. I've got, and I'll, I'll have like random cut spots here. But I've got like, let's just like have a chat. And at the end, just for you, and because of my extensive experience up in Canada. Where where did you live? Uh, I lived in uh, Edmonton, uh, Toronto. Ooh, sorry about that. Yeah, it was, that's not a good experience <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> Sorry, um, I shouldn't say that on. I've, I've got a show. <laughs> we you know, love, like, love Edmonton. Yeah, Edmonton is yeah. the tits. We love that place. Um, I lived there. I lived in uh, Toronto and like all over Ontario, and then I lived out in uh, New Brunswick, Predicton. So oh, crazy! Just for a short period of time. Yeah, all over the place. Mostly Ontario. Spent about seven years on and off in Toronto, and I just fucking I love that city. It's great, Toronto, but it's just too fucking big. It is too big. Yeah, yeah. we like to swear on this. Oh yeah, you can say whatever the fuck oh, you I want. I got to. fucking trucker mouth. It's terrible. Oh, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when you go on TV shows, you're like, well, uh, well whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this is the old part. We just we just fucking shoot the shit. The shows uh, oh. we got a little bit of structure. Look at that. So the what I've got today is I've written I've written some uh, chirps for yeah. us to maybe read together. At the end of the show, I'll just like kind of text them off to you. And uh, read them however you want to. But I, I came up with not only some some decent hockey chirps for us to either tell each other if we're comfortable with that, but also some interesting what's, facts about Alberta hockey, and Canada. Yeah. What's a hockey chirp? I I don't watch hockey. Fucking fucking talking shit to each other, right? I I yeah. You can talk shit about any team you want. <laughs> I don't have to that's three hours. Who the fuck has three hours? <laughs> I do, yeah. but I choose to do it other ways you know <laughs> okay yeah. island in a couple of hours of fortnight and i'm good but yeah fuck yeah so i had a day off yesterday it was fucking interesting did you sleep in <laughs> uh, i slept in went to a movie came home played fortnight watched oak island and went to bed Holy <laughs> shit. it went by like that yeah yeah, like, yeah. Fuck. yeah wake up today kind of dazed didn't know what fucking time a it little was. bit yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cool yeah uh, i because i know like uh read some of your bio stuff i tried to do a little bit of homework on the people before I talk, like I know about you by reputation. I met you about a decade ago when I did the uh, Calgary and Edmonton conventions when I was living up there. And 
Cool. You're just like a fucking super cool dude, you know? Cool. Now I'm just old and grumpy. <laughs> Isn't that the natural evolution anyways? Yeah. What shops did you work at? Cop point. I work for Bear. Oh, fuck. You've been through the ringer then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was up there for uh, almost three years, and uh, we did not part ways amicably. That that never happens, but nah. he is who he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's yeah, yeah, like my my old boss. Yeah, fuck, I haven't talked to her since I left. Yeah. Like twenty five. It's, it's just yeah, that's old school that's way. Old school right? way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's 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 uh, water under the bridge. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. He was all right, you know, like a lot of respect to him. When I was up there, I learned a lot just from the volume of work that we were doing at the time. You know, I don't know if he's still as busy as he was, but I mean, it's, I was booked. it's different now. It's jammed like I'm trying to, I'm so glad I have the show. I'm trying to figure out where to move forward. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like having a shop will be unreasonable in a year or two, I think. Mm-hmm. Just you no, know, there's not enough business out there anymore. There's so many fucking tattoo artists. Yeah. Having a tattoo show. You know, I'm I am making my money on the flip side, but yeah, yeah, that's why we were moving to this. Like in in Oregon State, which I think is like one third the size, maybe a quarter the size of Alberta, uh, we have forty four hundred tattoo artists. That's insane. That's yeah. I think that might be worse than up here. Yeah, yeah. There's there's 40. like four, fourteen or fifteen hundred uh, tattoo shops in this in the state, but the the main population is really located along this I I five corridor. That's like, in, how many people live in Oregon? Oh, a couple million. That's it? Because yeah. I usually go by population, like for tattoo shows, if you're organizing something, look how many people live in the city. Uh that let's, sort of thing. Let's get the let's get the Portland demographics. Yeah. Oh, I was just about to... yeah. For anyone on the show is just tuning in. We've got Steve Peace on the show today. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> Steve. Why don't you tell us about yourself when we look up the population here? Holy fuck, 652,000 in Portland. <laughs> four, four, and a half million, four and a half million in Oregon, though. Oh, that's, my gosh. That's a lot of people. That's more than, that's about one, the same as Florida. One tattooer for every 10,000 people. Yeah, that's how. That's I remember f- when we first opened our shop, we were the eighth shop in town. Yeah. There were eight shops. So we have four quadrants in the city. So there were two in mm-hmm. each quadrant. Yeah, God, I, I I stopped counting years ago, like yeah. hundreds and hundreds now. Yeah, you guys had so much stuff pop up there. It became the hub, like Vancouver and Calgary, kind of became like the it hub. Did I'm know? not sure if the tattoo show had something to do with that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like coming into the city, like oh, Calgary's, you know, maybe it's my fault. <laughs> we'll <laughs> say that. Yeah, the show I think coupled with all the money, like the the expansion. And the you know when when money started to flow in when money's there people buy tattoos and they move to the area and the population increases and it just gets it gets and Calgary went right. like they were predicting that uh, we'd get over a million people by around now and we hit mm-hmm. it twenty years ago and now it's already one point three or something like that so yeah it's, it's wild it's growing huge it's yeah you get that constant dips so every time that oil drops below eighty five a barrel then fucking people leave <laughs> it comes back yeah. and it goes back up it's, yeah it's coming back now right yeah yeah I'm, yeah. I'm paying attention. So, so Steve, where where are you from? Tell us a little bit about you before we fucking start bullshitting here. Uh, from England originally. I was born there. Moved over here when I was nine, with my parents, obviously. And uh, yeah, I've been here ever since in Calgary. Yeah. Opened our shop twenty six years ago. Twenty six so. years. Holy yeah. shit! Right at the turn. It right before. Was, 
it was i think it's, it was a good time do you know mm-hmm. what i mean like a good time to open right before the huge boom and stuff yeah uh we're doing a thing at our tattoo show this year on paul jeffries who opened in 1978 i think he had the perfect career you know 78 till now like got to that's wild the flash days when there was no other no any no one in town like yeah. he was the one really and uh yeah get, got to see it all right got to see the changes got to see the evolution yeah. yeah that's pretty wild yeah and if anyone doesn't know who paul jeffries is he's a fucking legend <laughs> right? like i mean he was a legend 25 okay. years ago without instagram without facebook like people yeah. so yeah i remember doing some of his flash when i was first starting out this stuff was always awesome so great. yeah yeah so yeah exactly cool so uh what what's the name of your shop Location. uh concept okay we're in calgary alberta canada calgary alberta yeah yeah right downtown Think right. it's a little <laughs> too much down here so uh, you know there's cheaper rent out in the suburbs so. oh that's cool <laughs> you also are the uh proprietor uh host uh purveyor supporter uh, organizer actually, i guess organizer yeah, yeah the, the calgary and the edmonton tattoo shows which yeah. which if people don't know is fucking huge <laughs> i just now it's <laughs> last year i i yeah i almost didn't make it it was with it, it was huge. This yeah. year in Calgary, we'll have 600 artists for the first time. Holy cow. That's so, wild. And it's an international spectacle. Yes, it is. It's, yeah. yeah. If you have never done one of these shows, it's it's like legit. You guys, I don't know if you were the first to do a lot of things, but like the way that you do the shows up there is a lot different than some of the smaller regional ones that we see happening, right? Like I think yours yeah. was the first one I went to with an ink table. Yeah, that was an idea of mine because... I mean, I came at it from an artist perspective on what I hate about going to tattoo shows. And one thing is packing ink. I mean, every you open your ink, and there's always one of those bastard bottles that have blown yeah. up. You know, you're like, God, it's just unorganized. It's unsanitary. So uh, we have great sponsors like Eternal Ink sponsors our show. They send us ink uh, each year for our ink station. So artists that don't want to use... Uh, or don't want to pack the ring, they can come use our ink station. So we have silverback, all that. Everyone has to wear gloves while they pour out ink so nothing gets contaminated. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely, uh, we just try to do as much as we can to make it easier for yeah. the artists. You know, we have icon sponsors our show. They hand out the packs with the supplies and stuff. We buy all the extra stuff that, you know, isn't in their packs. That way an artist can literally just travel with their machines and needles mm-hmm. and Everything else Fucking is there. good to go. Yeah, I thought that was that was genius. The, the one thing I didn't like is the motherfuckers who go to the the, the table first, the, right when it opens, and they're they're dipping those extra bottles in their pockets so that they don't have to walk back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've seen that a few times. It's like, you know, I you know what I think. Uh, I don't think that happens anymore. I think I've heard of it happening a couple of times, but uh, oh, I don't have the color. <laughs> you know, but you're gonna. Uh, what I don't miss is the pulling of the fire alarm in the hotel. Oh. People don't do that anymore. Thank Christ! Like we've actually grown up. You know, remember every tattoo show you went to, three in the morning, fire alarm. Would go Some off, drunk right? motherfucker after the after party. That's it. Just come home. <laughs> <laughs> come downstairs 10 a.m getting everything set up somebody's in the freaking toilet doing a little line of uh a wake-up powder off the top of the toilet you know <laughs> it seems to be clear i think the younger generation has got us all licked on that stuff it's just a little bit more chill everyone's sitting with headphones on it's quieter there's no noise anymore because everyone's using rotaries well there's no machines anymore it's all mostly rotaries, it's wild. Think, you can just so, walk uh, through you know you don't walk out deaf uh, yeah <laughs> 
yeah. We used to have a sterilization area as well because I used to work at the hospital. So I'd get all my old colleagues to come in and sterilize all the tubes. What a gong show. That's 14 hours of scrubbing tubes, putting them through the autoclaves, artists yelling at you because they don't have their tube. Like it was just like, just when disposable came in, Thank I was like, you did all the processing uh, on, on, on site. We did it on site. Yeah. So you'd have to bring your autoclaves in, get them tested, all that kind of, yeah, it was crazy. It was wow. Nice. Yeah. I love scrubbing tubes. I find it lower meditation, but the thought of like 600 tubes, but no, I know five, 600 oh, artist tubes. Oh, I don't like scrubbing one. Yeah. I've, uh, <laughs> I've, yeah, I'm I'm over that. <laughs> yeah. Scrubbing tubes and making needles. No, I'm done. Like I, I did that enough to that was the first hour of every yep. day, right? You go to work, you make your needles, you scrub your tubes, you put them in the autoclave, you get your drawings, but no. Yeah. I like coming in, relaxing, finishing my drawing if I need yeah, to. Having your having your monster energy <laughs> just sit back. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Peanuts. Yeah. I don't miss those days. I'm glad I got to experience yeah. them. But I'll never go back. <laughs> it's like going wireless. You know, if you as soon as you start using a wireless machine, you're like, cool. I'm I'm never going back. I've never used a wireless one. Life. I the people oh. finally talked me into using a rotary last year because I was one of the holdouts. The freedom of a wireless machine is oh I, I couldn't imagine using the I think I'd take the day off if my machine yeah. broke. Well, I have two yeah, anyway. the days of carrying around what sixteen fucking coil machines and all these like pelican cases with the, the extra clip. Well, I used to set up. Stories. I'm still a bit of a needle whore, yeah. so you know, I used five, six needles. So I'd have to set up five or six yeah. machines. God, that was so setting those machines up. Ugh. Now you just open up your cartridges. You ready? Yeah, to no, yeah. The first time I did, I noticed just the waste on my table had decreased by like forty percent. Like my bench was just yeah. like there was no more garbage, and I was like, oh. Yeah, so that kind of makes me yeah. feel eco-friendly and happy, but we still but... make a lot of garbage. Like it's we take our garbage to the dump here, so we store it at the shop and then take it. Like, oh, that's like every time I throw it out, I'm like or at the tattoo show. Oh man, you should. It's like a bomb went uh... off in there. Once all the tables and everything are gone, it. I have pictures. I'll send you some pictures. It's like a nuclear wasteland. Wow. Because like we were always really very careful to try and make sure all of our spaces were very clean. It's just respect for the space we left. And you well know. that's it. And I've had artists that, you know, I, I won't name names, but uh you know, some people, why doesn't this guy come to your show anymore? I'm like, well, <laughs> I talked to him for a while. Because like literally business cards everywhere like just like it's almost like they did it on purpose like god damn you know so you're spending half an hour cleaning up their one booth yeah, so multiply that by yeah. 600 yeah you've got a week and a half with yeah yeah i mean you can't invite them back because you need to you need to save your energy you need to save your time and you can you know there's lots more artists out there now anyway so it's not like you we it, we're in a very lucky position right now it's the fact that shows are selling out now we've never sold out a show before and our last two have sold out and the one in Calgary will sell out. Wow. So, you know, the halls are so big, you just add rows, you, but you have to kind of balance that on whether you can get enough people through the door and whether everyone in the room can tattoo. Do you know what I mean? Like there's no use selling someone a booth and not giving a shit about them. Like say, you know, I'll go to tattoo all weekend. Well, that's your fucking problem. <laughs> you know, you have to give them value for their money, right? For their booth money, which is we try and supply as much as possible at the booth. And then, uh, yeah, we we advertise, we we pump it. And you have to get those people through the door. We expanded Calgary last year. We added a whole other hall, which was that's crazy. Risky. Yeah, that's crazy. But uh, it 
what we noticed was we didn't go up in attendance, but what we did do was people, I was talking to clients after and they were like, Oh, we were only coming for three hours, but we stayed for 12 because there was so much to see. So it was like, so people were staying a lot longer. So now we're actually giving them value for their money as well. So, you know, where I was worried, I shouldn't have been because, you know, once it panned out, it worked out for both the artists and the clients. That's client. great. Yeah. What was your attendance numbers last year? About We do about 10,000 in Calgary. Um, our biggest year actually was our second and third year when we moved. Oh, no, our third and fourth year when we moved from uh, a hotel show to a big venue. Which is risk. That's a big jump. A lot of shows are still in hotels because you can get cheaper rates. It doesn't cost you as much. Oh, man, we our first hotel show we crammed five thousand people in a what thousand <laughs> square foot ballroom. Like it was, parents were showing up with strollers and we're like, "You're not allowed. You can't go in." <laughs> Kids aren't allowed. I'm like, "No, your stroller is. They, they, there's no room. There's no room. Like you, can't, yeah. you have to carry your kid around." Wow. Like it was a learning experience. But so now we're in the bigger venue you know you have bigger aisles like we did quite large aisles because that way you can have more people in there more people can freely walk around nothing worse than a cramped show where you can you can't get around yeah yeah how did you get into the business because i was actually thinking about this i i started tattooing um around like 2002 2003 and uh like there was in toronto i started in toronto and there was one show Yeah, was this before next? It was the Toronto Tattoo Convention. Oh, the Toronto was that at the Days Inn? Yeah. Ooh, that was uh, a. I went. I was at that. I was a piercer at that. No, no, no. This was. No, this was before that. This was. Is that when I moved to that, or did it go to? It was either at the nineteen ninety four. That it was, was in the Days, Days Inn. Inn, and then I moved to the Hyatt. I think. Oh, okay, that was still next. That was next. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Hyatt. Yeah. There was one at the Days Inn years ago, like nineteen ninety four. I went as a body piercer. Uh, I got into piercing just so I could get into tattooing. It seemed like the the only way, because you couldn't get into it when I was trying back yeah. in the 90s. So um, I got into body piercing to get my foot in the door, and it worked. Uh, but I went to that first Toronto show. It was interesting. And then Nick, I didn't go to the first one. Nick started in the woods somewhere, some sort of kind of like Paradise Gathering. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, the woods. <clears throat> and then they came into town, and they did hotel shows for quite a while. They didn't go to the larger venue till maybe five six years ago oh no shit uh, now they're at the uh metro toronto, toronto convention center yeah yeah, yeah. Is theirs is pretty and, big uh, too. Uh, unfortunately damien passed away during covid so uh oh no yeah, super sad um and the sad part is he didn't get to live to see the fruit of his labor do you know what i mean like yeah. past 15 16 years have been tough like doing tattoo shows it's fucking hard you know, like I've had my record. It's funny. I I hold my negative records as records. Uh, I think my record for losing money at a show is eighty six grand. So you wake up Monday morning, you're minus eighty six thousand dollars. You're like, okay, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I know Dave, oh. Damien always fucking you know like, oh yeah, fucking having a great show, fucking blah blah blah. And I'd look around. I'm like, well, it's fucking dead. I know he's hurting, but he always had a brave face. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But now that tattooing has exploded since COVID, yeah, uh, would have been nice for him to be able to kind of enjoy that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because now Dan Alliston partnered with D- Damien before COVID. They never got to do a show together because Damien passed away. But now Dan runs the show, and he's doing doing a great job. So, 
But how did you get into doing the the whole convention stuff? How did I you never wanted to do it ever. I didn't. I fuck. I didn't. Fuck it. I just no. I'm busy tattooing. I mean, tattooing. Uh, just back then, you know, in the '90s, you were working seven days a week. You still work seven days a week. Fuck. Stupid. But a couple of buddies that weren't tattoo artists, and they were like, "Come on, let's do a show together." Blah blah blah. And they they tried and tried. And I don't know what got me, but oh, you know what it was? There was a there was a guy talking about doing a show in town that wasn't a tattoo artist, mm -hmm. like himself. And I'm like, nah, fuck, that's not cool. I still don't think that should happen. You know what I mean? Non-tattooists owning shops or non-tattoo artists owning tattoo shows. It's just it's just a money grab. It's a money grab. And people call me, call me out, you know, oh, you must be fucking, you know, it's a money grab for no, it's not. I'm if I told you what I owed, you'd fucking fall over <laughs> <laughs> so uh my buddies just taught me into it and we did our there was three of us that did the first show it it was a, a huge success it was rammed just because it was the first show and back then you had different advertising avenues so you had the newspaper you had entertainment magazines you had old school stuff which you could pay for and and you'd have something to see, you know what I mean? Yeah. Something concrete. You'd have this full page ad, or we'd do like we went crazy with advertising. I spent about forty thousand dollars a year for the first twelve years, wow. like just putting everything into it. And uh, now, man, my my advertising budget is lower because it doesn't go anywhere. You know, you can spend ten grand on Instagram and you don't see shit. Like. Yeah. Even for advertising, like I did one for tattooing uh, last year sometime, 500 bucks, didn't get me a message, didn't get me anything. It's yeah. just like, it's it's useless. So mm. uh, I think it was easier for that back then to start a show. Like it's easier now because you have Instagram and all that kind of stuff, but I don't think the reach is, you have to work it right. Yeah, yeah. One of the classes so, that I teach down here is on like uh, SEO, SEM and website stuff. Yeah. And then debunking some of the algorithmic myth myths attached to each one of those platforms about how they're going to do stuff just how people do advertising they just it's not the these companies are not here to make you money they're here to make money to make you know? them yeah. i mean remember facebook was like used to it used to be good you used to pay for ads to get people on your page so we spent like a fair bit like four maybe four to ten thousand dollars on our shop and our show probably uh, separately so you get you get your shop page up to 16,000 people. You're like, cool. I got a great viewership now. Yeah. Then you put an ad out now and it's just like it, 400 people see it. I got yeah. a 16,000 and you can spend up to, I think it last time I looked, it was up to $2,600 you could spend, but you could only reach 2,600 people. You, wow. you couldn't reach more than that. And it's just like, like, so I paid you to get these people on my page and now it's fucking useless unless that i mean i guess they do see your your posts every now and then and they go to your page just, but it's just yeah it's almost like a like a huge ripoff you know what i mean like they, they just keep moving the bar they keep moving the, the yeah. goal line. yeah i just it's fair they want you to focus on brand building instead of conversions and it's just it doesn't yeah, make yeah. any sense with that stuff yeah and i think there's only two places in the on the in, in north america where people go to actually find something usually first it's google and yeah. then, you know, like you don't go to Instagram and say, like, what's a good Thai place around here? Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I got, I got to up my Google. That's for sure. <laughs> anyway, sorry to fucking non sequitur off there. So mm. what 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 was the year of the first show that you that you put out? Uh, 2004. Mm -hmm. My memory's not going yet. I know, nah, I know all the numbers. I know all the attendance. <laughs> so. And we did good those first two years. 
about, you know, I've had lots of tattoo artist friends ask me over the years, yeah, thinking of doing a show, what would be your one piece of advice? And I said, if you're going to give me only one, don't That's fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, it's not for, I'm just too far in. Do you know what I mean? Like I've put so much in, I just got to keep, I love it. Don't, don't get me wrong, but it's, it's nice being on this side of things. Like our first four or five years were great. And then it kind of did a slump. Yeah. A few things happened, you know, we lost our venue for a year. So we had to move into the summer. So our attendance went from 10,000 down to 3000. And then that was a slow build up again. Yeah. That was the year I lost 86 grand. <laughs> um, I had bills for 9,000. We get 9,000 people. We'll be, we'll, we'll be in the, in the clear. <laughs> Oh fuck! That's... <laughs> <laughs> and then we started building Edmonton again. Like we mm. we did Edmonton a couple of times, didn't work out. And then a guy went up there and started using uh, basically our name to put his own show on a non-tattoo yeah. artist. Yeah, he had a fifty thousand square foot hall with twelve artists in attendance. What petting zoo? Like it was just a fucking joke. But people thought it was me because his name was so close to mine. So we went back up to Edmonton and then started doing, and that took about five or six years to get the momentum wow. back in Edmonton to get people to realize that wasn't us. And we actually do a good show. So it's. That's amazing. Scabs. You know, when you yeah. Go in and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> fucking scabs. We picked that one off. And uh, <laughs> how many other venues do you know, like maybe across Canada were going on at the time when you decided to get into it? Nick's was the only show going, I think. Uh, I asked Damien to come out to Calgary. Hey, Damien, come out to Calgary. Fucking do a show. Like it's, it'd be great. And he, I think he called around, made some calls, and he was just like, nah, it's not for me. So then I started planning with my partners at the time and i'm like cool well and i called him and said we're doing a show had a bit of a blowout you know me and him for about a week or two but that was damien you know if uh i phoned some friends to uh let them know that damien had passed before it hit facebook and i phoned uh, jamie henderson in new york and i'm like got some sad news that damien passed the other day and he's like oh fuck dude we weren't talking like we were we had a squabble six months ago i feel so bad i said that means you were his friend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, fuck, we've all had fights with <laughs> Damien. Then you fucking, you both pull your heads out of your asses and you carry on with it. That was, that's what made Damien. You know what I mean? Like, if he wasn't yelling at someone, no. it wasn't Damien. That's <laughs> a different yeah. industry. Things have slowly evolved, I think, away from that, you know. Oh, where, yeah, 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 definitely. But I miss that kind of character a little bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, fucking turn off my fucking sound here jesus christ apologize um i'm looking at myself in this i look like i'm not even awake yet <sighs> oh yeah i that, the time change <laughs> fucked me up because when i first talked to you I remember we were like we're gonna do it at 10 o'clock and i my brain went straight back to alberta time i'm and so i was like today i was like oh fucking 10 o'clock that'd be all right but you know and my wife comes down she's like it, you're on west coast time buddy <laughs> what time is it there right now you're oh, i'm an hour nine? behind yeah Oh, okay, yeah. that's not bad. No, 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 no. It was a little bit rough the other day when we recorded, I think, at like 9 a.m. And we talked to uh, somebody on the East Coast. So that was, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And my, my work days are, are kind of crazy. I travel a lot. So uh, one of the uh, commutes that I have to do is like four hours one way. And yeah. uh, so I got home at like 3 a.m. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> grabbed yeah. a nap, four cups of coffee, go out like, ah, what's up? You know, and fucking brain fogged as fuck. <laughs> yeah. 
I stopped, I stopped drinking. I stopped doing anything. I, I can't anymore. Mm. You know what I mean? Like just to keep your schedule, you can't afford a hangover. No. Like if you're running no. a business. You're well, yeah, I mean, I guess you can. I mean, it was, it was a Joe Rogan came out the other day. I got to stop fucking going. Like he'll be dead in a few years. If he doesn't uh, <laughs> like, you got a lot of shit going on. You need to buckle down and concentrate on it. Just you know what chill, I mean? like chill the fuck out. Right. Yeah. Okay, so you were you were the second convention. We were, I think we were. The, don't I mean, don't quote me. I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, that you know uh, of, we'll say. But now that no, I mean, now obviously every city has a show. Yeah. Um, Winnipeg has two. What? Well, they didn't have one for the longest time, and then two shops got together to do a show, and then they just started arguing, and so one did their show, and one did the. Other. It's working for them, I think. Wow, that's. That's crazy. I mean, I'd like to bring people in on the show. I, I, I don't need accolades or I don't need anything really. I mean, it's, but to find someone that has the passion for it. Yes. Yeah. I think tattoo artists think they have the passion for it until, you know, they're pulling a 22 hour day on the Friday of the show and they're like, no, it's not for me. Yeah. Well, it's got to get fucking done. You yeah. know, like happen shit, shit falls apart. No matter how well planned you are. I've figured it out. Someone else may fuck that up. You know, yeah. someone else's bad planning, like the trucking company or the, you gotta be so fucking organized uh, to, to, to be able to walk in and think it's going to be a breeze. Cause, cause stuff always comes up. Do you know what I mean? Like one thing lately is our power bars. We keep buying power bars. <laughs> yes. Our show is expanding, but like uh, where the fuck are all these power, power bars? Like, did we yeah. lose a box of power bars? <laughs> like a crate of them or something. And we realize that it's artists just grabbing power bars yeah. at the end of the show. Like we lose 60 to a hundred a show. No kidding. <laughs> just like That's a large percentile. It's not 10. That's <laughs> Well, I mean, we need, I mean, 600 artists, uh, maybe not that many. We, I mean, we have probably 400 power bars usually. So we lose 30, 40, 50 of them, maybe. Well, still, it's a, you know, 1,000, yeah. 2,000 bucks out the door. You know? well, just, <laughs> yeah. that, that's it, right? And then our one show, I mean, I'm a bad procrastinator still years in. Um, I should be going out and getting ordering paper towel and having it delivered to our warehouse. You know what I mean? Like, but I, we're one month out and I still haven't done it. I mean, during COVID, it was like, oh, we have a one pack of paper towel per customer. And we're like, what? I need 50. like what the fuck? So we just drove <laughs> around all day. We we oh my, I took my I system with me and we went to Costco and and I we got one each and went to the car, came out, got one each, came out, got one each. Went to the next Costco. What? Oh, it was stupid. But during middle of COVID, you couldn't do. And we ran our shows all the way through COVID. It was just like uh, we missed one Edmonton show, but we did Calgary every year. I mean, it went from four hundred and fifty artists down to ninety six. It was weird. Wow. But yeah, we're back up now. We're we were at five hundred artists last year, so we're back up finally yeah I, I didn't even think about how that would possibly impact some like just basic supply chain issues when you're coming into this with the organization you're talking about it's like even having a gloves, direct vendor I mean, contact is still a bit of a issue but not too bad you especially the quality hey eh? like quality is just going in a lot of places even if the price oh, is going up oh you get good <laughs> oh fuck it. no i have a good supplier um mm. they always sell we have a brand up here that's really good oh and, uh, yeah uh, actually 
that was the only one available during COVID. So I started using this one brand and they're, oh, they're great. You want to give a shout out to that brand so people can start fucking buying their stuff? Well, I'm back to Icon Gloves. I like Icon Gloves. Oh, yeah. They're oh. nice and thick there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, back. they're not $35 a box now? No. Not anymore? No. <laughs> Some of the things people don't know that we had to deal with. Just oh, that 35 gloves. I mean, and we're on rent, right? So we're not making yeah. any extra money, but I mean, I, I did one glove order for the shop. It was over two grand. Yeah. You're like, fuck, that came out of my pocket. <laughs> Luckily, I got a loan from the government. So that just disappeared. That was 60000 that just went yeah. like in the air. So, you know, got to pay that back now, right? So worry about the next year. So <laughs> let's let's talk about your shop. Because, I mean, like your shop, one of the, it, it's it started in the, what, the 90s? Oh, it was early aughts, right? You said 2004? 96, yeah. 96? Okay. Then the show started in 2004. So in 96, what was the, the culture like in tattooing up in Alberta? It was all flat-based, really. I mean, you really, you tried to push your custom <laughs> stuff, but uh, your walls were still covered in flash. I remember talking to another artist in town. He was like, one day we'll have shops with no flash. And I'm like, come on. You need a bit of flash to make it look like a tattoo shop. And I haven't had flash for 15 years. Uh-oh. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not, I mean, I think some shops do it, but it's out of our mind altogether. Like, it's all custom now. Hmm. I mean, and the idea of a street shop or a walk-in shop has kind of evaporated, right? There there are some in town. You know, <clears> I drive by them and I see flash in the on the walls and shit. And I, I don't know how much they how much of it they do but uh, uh I, just, I just i mean it was right for the time do you know what i mean back then but now why would you pay 450 for a flash piece when you can get a custom piece for, for exactly the same price yeah you know what i mean and it's drawn for you no one else has it or should hmm. be drawn it's kind of interesting. <laughs> we were talking with uh, uh damon conklin uh the other day and we were talking about like how ai is impacting stuff and uh one of the things we, we kind of all agreed on is that, you know, you look at the history of tattooing, we go back and we'll see like a lot of customization at the initial like onset of it in the Western world, right? Slowly led into the flash application, you know, moved back into customization. And it's kind of like this move from innovation back down to foundational aspects. And it kind of seems like <clears throat> that may be occurring moving forward with this AI image generation stuff. Like, I think the AI stuff will just make better tattoos, really. I mean, some of those AI pictures are amazing. They're fucking wild, right? And, and so instead of ripping off the original artist, we're ripping off seven blended into one. <laughs> Which there's no there's no change whatsoever. You no, know what I mean? But yeah. it'll be like it'd be like us taking, oh, I want to do that Varga piece, but I don't want to do a basic, you know, like, hey, what if I take an elf green girl with a Varga outfit and, and blend them all together? Well, AI is just gonna do that for you. And hey, there you go. You have a you have a piece all of your own. Like I think it's custom, right? Like when you, I mean, I haven't worked on it at all or, or tried it, but if I type in the same thing that a guy somewhere else types in, are they going to get the same image or are they going to get a different generated image? It's going to be, I think there's a chance that it could come up for the most likely outcome is going to be different. I've, I've tested it a few for about a yeah. week and a half now. I've, I've yeah. spent about 400 hours worth of processing time on this thing in a, in a week and a half. So a bit of time, but I've tried uh, multiple prompts at the same time and I've never come up with a similar image. Oh, so there you go. So, I think actually, how I, I don't know. I, I think the world's all quite negative. You know what I mean? Like it's all fear mongering. Yeah. You know, politicians are trying to, you know, put the fear in us of, and and that's how they're getting because the, they they all suck. 
left and right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they figure out what the right hates and they're fucking going after trans people now. You know what I mean? They yeah. figure out what, and that's the only way they can get people together because they suck at their job. Yeah. Do better job. That's that's the thing I think we've been talking about that too. Like me and Brian on the back end here is that there's never been a decent politician, and this is the greatest smokescreen ever. Well, that's what Bill <laughs> always says. He's my favorite comedian ever, and he's like, "Don't vote for them; it only encourages the bastards." <laughs> and that, like, they don't care about you. They just care about getting their and getting there, and uh, that's it. Don't give a shit about anyone. Oh, you're British. Just <laughs> Whoa, came I'm out. a little negative that's, there, aren't I? So fucking that was so British. That was awesome, right? Ah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> Yeah, so like with the image, you you are a person you think that you're willing and able to adapt with this change coming forward? I mean, you have to adapt. and ch- I think running a tattoo show has given me a skill of pivoting and, ter- you know what I mean? Like it's just shit happens and you're like, okay, we got to do this. And, you know, you got to change up as quick as possible to save your ass. So COVID sucked balls, I have to say that. <laughs> But there's like, well, we have no fucking choice, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was at work every day. Um, I came in, I painted the shop top to bottom, cleaned everything out, fixed all the things that I couldn't have time to get to. That was the first lockdown. The second lockdown, I fixed all the sinks. From We have, our health board is a little strict here. So we have like portable sink units that have hands-free faucets in them. And so I, they're kind of falling apart from years of use. So I, I spent four weeks fixing those, you know, got to do shit that I just wouldn't have time to do. And then when the doors open again, I worked seven days a week, you know, you, and I saw artists going like, you know, we've been in lockdown for three months and then it opened up again. And then two weeks later, they're going camping. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> work. like your fucking doors are open. You've been bitching about it. And now you, now you can, and you're going fucking camping for two. Like I fucking work my ass off yeah. i had to, to i had to bring money back into the shop and yeah. get paid. i mean our bills you know it was i think they're all paid now from the shop uh you know or i open. i didn't open my electrical bill at the shop at all during co like during the first lockdown i opened it, it was like six grand i'm like oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah mm. we're all in this together though right yeah fuck off yeah <laughs> that's that's actually pretty great. Well, with the uh, been mentioned COVID a couple of times. What happened up in uh, I guess Alberta, or at least in the tattoo community during COVID? Did you guys see a big contraction in the amount of shops that were actually available in in the areas around there? Or you mean like did more shops that? open? Or um, yeah, did you see more opening, closing, or did everything well, just kind of stay the same? I mean, a couple closed. A lot more have opened over the. It's weird. Everyone wants their own shop until they realize, oh. You know, artists ask me, oh, I want to open my own place. What should I do? I'm like, don't. Like, it's, you have insurance, you know. Insurance is due every year, 2600 bucks. You know, your electrical, your gas, your, I mean, it's not as easy as you think. And I just, everyone wants to open up their own shop. Like, oh, it's just going to be two of us. It's going to be awesome. And then they open up their shop with two of them and they realize, oh, we can't pay the bills. <laughs> so then they have to hire two or four more artists. And that it just is a perpetual Yeah. It just keeps going and going, and and I think we're at the breaking point right now. You know what I mean? Like, um, I was looking into shops. Tattoo shops in Alberta have doubled every four years since 
excuse me, since about 1988. No kidding. There used to be, I mean, it's probably the same everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Two shops in town. Then there were four. Then there were eight. Then there were 16. Then there were 32. Now we're in the hundreds. And in four years, I mean, it's so easy to get into tattooing right now. Yeah. So if let's say we have 200 shops in in Calgary right now, in four years, we're going to have 400, if not more. So that's the breaking point where I keep telling my artists, you know, like some will come in if they're not booked and they'll be sitting around on their phone for like four hours. You know what I mean? Like just like waiting, sitting on Instagram, trying to get an appointment. I'm like, dude, just book your book three days. That's it. And paint and do prints and do other shit for your other days. And that way, when a tattoo show comes along, you can sell those prints and you can make back some of the money that you lost. But sitting here on your phone for four hours, I mean, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're not, you're not getting anywhere. Like, paint or do something. Yeah, you know, like, it's a day-to-day mindset. Or take the day off and go hang out with your wife and kids. I mean, that's yeah. that's something I never did enough. You know, I hang out with my kids tons now, but, uh, you know, working seven days a week, it's, uh, yep. it's brutal on relationships. So, maybe do it smarter. You know what I mean? Where you're going to make the exact amount of money, but you have more time. You're not here every day. Yeah. Look at that yearly earnings versus just the day to day. I think, you know, the, the weekly or daily payouts, I think have killed stuff, you know, as well as like the, the percentage cuts, which I think back in the day <clears throat> and up until more recently, I've always done a cut, but it, it didn't make sense to me as to why, because I'd see that final number in like my first 10 years. And I thought I was worth that amount when yeah. realistically I wasn't, I didn't make that. That's what the client was charged. So I yeah. made this much. I'd make $100 an hour, not yeah. 150, you know, not oh, yeah. 175. No, yeah. I made $100 an hour. So I had planned my life around this $150 an hour lifestyle, but realistically, I, I couldn't do it. So I was always I'm panicking. Guilty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All I do, I don't go out. So I don't drink. So I save money there. I don't do drugs. So I save money there. Um, it's funny that I consider that saving money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Life is tough. I, I, like, I've never done coke ever. And I hear that's expensive shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, Bert, it's kind of expensive. It, they don't have kids. I guess it's it's yeah. uh, it's, it's easier to do, right? But uh, yeah, it's it's tough out there. It's weird. Yeah. And I think that maybe the, the, the digital age has kind of removed some of that personalization, right? Like when we see looking back like magazines and stuff we talked about yeah. the Damon to mentioned this where when you looked at a spread of like someone's tattoo artwork you got to see the whole person right and yeah. you got to see their character and stuff and you could connect with it and it was much more personal and now it's just like this you just take a picture of an arm with no face and it's just like this little two by two inch you know that's what i was told print. quite a few years ago you need to start putting more personal stuff on instagram because people want to see that part right mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately I get, I mean, doing these shows has kind of killed my tattoo career a little bit because I just fucking, there's not enough time in the day. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's, so I haven't been able to promote myself as well. Uh, I love to do realistic portraits. I can't remember the last one I did. You know what I mean? Like it's wow. been fucking months. Like it's just, you know, I'm basically, I'm just doing clients what they want. You know what I mean? Like you try and make it original, try and make it as cool as possible. But, you know, you come up with a fucking cool one. They're like, oh, fine. I'm going to have something to post on Instagram. They're like, nah, I don't like it. I just want what I sent in. You're like, fuck. You know, the generic. But my salesman, that's when your salesman skills have to come in, right? Yeah. Uh, It's it's, it's tough. But so many tattoo shops in Calgary, um, there's a lot of people doing realism. Um, So it's, uh, 
yeah, it's a little tough to get what you want. You know what I mean? Like I'll, I still do complimentary tattoos on several clients. You know what I mean? Just yeah. so I can get something to post on Instagram because that's the only way I can, uh, I can keep up and post. Yeah. It's where, I mean, the thing about Instagram is the evolution of tattooing has accelerated a hundredfold because remember years ago, we'd like pick up a magazine you'd see someone in, <laughs> I remember Germany was like Fuck, huge people coming out of Germany, right? 20 years ago. Like Germany is the place, but you know, you know, that guy took a picture of that tattoo probably a year sure. before that magazine sent in, finally collected enough photos to send into a magazine, sent them in magazines used to print three, six months out yeah. and they'd sit in the warehouse. So it would be a year. So he'd do this amazing tattoo in, in Germany or, or Russia. You'd see it in a magazine a year later. Yeah. Now I can see a tattoo done in Germany before it's even fucking bandaged. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he'll post it. Uh, so instead of seeing it once every year and we're evolving every year, we're seeing it every day now. Yeah. So it's just evolved that talent. And the new kids coming in, look at, you know, we've worked busted our ass for 25 years, you know, come up with this portrait that we think is, you know, one of our best pieces. And they're looking at it going, Oh, that's what you do. Cool. <laughs> and that's their fucking starting point. You're like, Oh, you know, <laughs> you know and they're killing it. You know, you know, who else? Yet? yeah two years old in the industry i mean doing yeah, that's stuff it. that's and it's but impossible female tattoo artists now are killing it remember yeah. it was hard to get into this industry yeah. you know, it was the old school club and now they've they've taken over yeah you know what i mean like they're literally they have and i get it because females like to be tattooed by other females yeah so they don't have that kind of you know there are creeps out there still we're dealing with that issue yeah and Males want to get tattooed by females, so it's. I think it's. I think that might be one of the problems. I'm. I'm old. No one wants to be tattooed by the old guy, right? Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, you get a few people, but it's it's and good for them. You know, like I think they did a poll in during COVID. They figured out that eight over eighty percent of tattoo shops in Ontario are owned by females. Wow. Yeah, that's fucking. That's good on them. That's you know what I mean? really like, wild. To not be able to get into an industry for so long and now to kick ass, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, when I when I started out there, I think there was less than fifteen shops in Toronto. Like, no, the Toronto scene very much. Like, but now, like, I have so many suburbs. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, like they yeah, have. Yeah. Like it's weird. Like each city is around Toronto. Yeah, so yeah so Brampton, Mississauga, Topeka. Yeah, you got yeah. you know. York, North, or North York, yeah, yeah. everything well, around Calgary. It. That's it. Nothing yeah. around the Red Deer. You know? <laughs> Fucking Lethbridge and shit. Fucking. <laughs> that's that. But there's there's people in now in little towns in Alberta. Uh, there's, I believe his name's Mirza. He tattoos in Olds, I think. Fucking killing it. Like, but like amazing black and gray. I don't know how he gets all of the clients he does in a little dick town like that. Like it's the middle of nowhere. What's the drag? It's on like... the highway between. Oh, Calgary it is? oh okay. Still like, it's a... that's impressive. That's kind of an original way to go. It's I like, know. I guess, Gogway, right? Being down in Grants Pass in Oregon. It's five hours from the airport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they're, they're living their life, right? Once you get yeah. enough clientele, that guy, HSM, right? He's in the woods somewhere. Yeah. The middle of the, yeah, he's in the, we had Gabe Ripley on the show, which, you know, like Gabe yeah. talked to you. Yeah. And uh, we we're talking about the farm, you know, and he's like, it's this mystical yeah. place, but it's like two hours to get there. 
<laughs> you got to come out Living for a week. Life, right? Like uh, a, yeah. Yeah. Get tattooed by him, you'll make that journey. That's so Wait, wild. I need to do. I, I got a piece started. Oh, shit. 15, 20 years ago, and I still haven't gotten it. <laughs> time to Thanks reach to out. the tattoo shows, right? Like, you just, uh, like, you're either broke or you just don't have the time. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, have you, as we kind of touched on, like, the younger generation, this is something I've been trying to ask people who are in the position possibly to have trained people. Like, have you, are you active in the education of any new artists, anything like this, you know, moving um, forward? It's a, that's a sticky situation. You know, like apprenticeships are the way to go, I think. Um, I have a different model on how I would apprentice someone uh, as to, I mean, there's the old school way, you know, like come in, clean my car, you know, clean yeah. the washroom. I think that, I personally think that has gone. You know what I mean? Like it's, like if you do that to your apprentice, they're going to be a year behind everyone else. Yeah, you know what I mean, because people are going into shops and learning right away. So I think that kind of people says it teaches respect and all that. I get it. Um, I try not to teach because you're just teaching for other people. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the e that's the thing. That's one of the th biggest things in tattooing is just ego. You know what I mean? Like people get an ego. You know, three or four months in, like who the fuck? What, what are you thinking? You know what I mean? Like, well, I'm, I've got a better opportunity now. I'm like, the fuck? Like, that's just insane. You know, so I just saw a shop in town here. She's training. I think she trained four people recently. And then two have left for one girl was asking here forever. I'm like, no, no, we don't. We just don't have the time or the energy. And so I suggested this other shop and now they're leaving already. Maybe they're not even a year in. Holy cow. You know, so there, wow. that's the sticky um, I think seminars are good, but I think you need to do apprenticeship tattoo schools. Like if uh, a shop is doing tattoo classes or tattoo school, they don't come to our show. They're not allowed. Okay. Um, it's just, I know the industry has changed and I know it's going that way, but I can't be a part of it. You know what I mean? Like I just, in my con, it would, it would bother my conscience to know that I'm promoting a shop that just teaches anyone that, I mean, because you should have talent to get in. You know what I mean? Like someone brings in a portfolio, you look at it, you're like, Meh, it's okay. But I think you need to be phenomenal to get into it these days, to, just to compete. Yeah. Like why are people wasting time on people that, oh, we'll teach you how to draw. No, they should know how to draw. Mm -hmm. Like they should come in with that portfolio that blows your socks off so much that, you know, even if you don't want to teach, you're like, fuck, okay, I'll teach you. You know what I mean? Because you have already put in the time. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people come in and we had one guy a few years ago. He's like, yeah, I went to this other shop and they wanted 10 fucking drawings. How ridiculous. So I'm like, cool. Well, we want 20. So <laughs> you want to put the fucking work in. Like, yeah. holy, like you're, not, you're not meant for it then. You know, we have enough tattoo artists that work three days a week and think that's full time. Like, yeah, we have enough of those. We don't need. We need some good, hardworking individuals in the industry. You know yeah. what I mean? So, and people that deserve it. You know what I mean? Like, I look at some apprenticeship photos and I'm just like, fuck, I can't even draw yet. I mean, I'm guilty. I don't draw much. No, uh, just because of the tattoo show. Like, I'm constantly doing stuff, so it has affected my my own. Uh, but you've got decades in the business too. Know. So like the foundational what aspects, of, you have decades in the business. So there's a, there's yeah, a difference, yeah, I think, yeah. that. You know, like, you know how yeah, to it, it was different back when I got 
got into it for yeah. sure because you you just did flash pieces and then you worked on your custom stuff as you went but now when you come in you have to be able to draw because that it's all custom stuff i mean able to draw and efficiently you can't just like take i mean i remember when i first started a custom piece would take me a couple of weeks but now i have to have five done a day you know yeah that's right like it's so much harder i kind of miss the old days because of that you walk in on a saturday what am i doing oh <laughs> cherry creek stuff and this that's yeah nice got some bartel up on the board here that's fun yeah that one <laughs> that one fucking butterfly with the rose the, is about that, that big? little fucking one yeah the 60 dollar jammers oh, into a thousand like, of those a year that paid my that, rent that you come in design. on a saturday you have four of them four different people that didn't know each other like oh jeez. Yeah. Oh, that kanji symbols remember you used to bitch about it, but fuck, Man. Kind of it. Yeah, easy that, money, right? Like, easy money. Like, yeah. Those old English letters, you know, I don't know how many times I've done old English down an arm in my first like three or four years. I get just crushing yeah. them. That's the most like, and black tribal. Like Leo Zuletta stuff, like where you just like, man, I I wish I had two sleeves of that shit right now. Like that would just be fantastic, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> no one likes packing black anymore. But I mean, I, I think that that's starting to become a lost aspect. They do. Now it's just well. black. Out. Now there's no outlines. It's just hey, black everywhere. What, what do you think about the 120 groupings? <laughs> yeah. The, Have you seen those bags? I, I, I don't get it because uh, they're not going to pack it very well. No. Do you know what I mean? Like they're not, unless you're running that thing so fucking high, then you're going to damage the skin. It's just, it's just weird to me. I don't think like yeah. I use small needles all the time. Even now, like the, the largest I use now is still only a 17 yeah. and that's for large areas. Yeah. Uh, so I'm thinking the larger the needle, I just, I just don't think it, um, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. No, we've got some I, physics I, behind that. I stuff was doing a huge work. blackout. I'd use a 27. Maybe. That's about as big as go, and then then you can pack it right. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, you're still having to stretch so fucking hard. You know, like if I'm using a seven mag, just you don't have to do anything to the skin; it just goes in. Oh, you know, seven mags and five mags. Fucking yeah. love it. That's my jam. I do three, five, people, seven. People nine. look at you and like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Oh, really? It's exactly what I use: three yeah. liners, yeah. five liners. That's it. I don't use over a five liner. No, ever. I it's just not. It doesn't not what work do. for me either. I tried using a seven yesterday, and I was just like, "Nope." In the fucking sharps, I was just done. I couldn't. I, it's an ugly line, right? Like, yeah, it's inconsistent. You gotta go back into the three and, anyway. You gotta repolish everything when you go into it. Anyways, it's just it's a waste good of time. For traditional, good for neo trad, but I don't do that. No. So no, no worry. Hmm. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, and round shaders. No one uses round shaders, and I'm just like, well, that, you have to you like have to get to. into those edges and shit. Like. I use a round shader every fucking tattoo. I, I talked to one of our artists who did Neo uh, Neo Trad for two years. You gotta try a round shader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can always see little gaps in yep. you know in, in the deep part of the flower and shit. And you're like, round shader, use a round shader. And she left the shop and then a year later messaged me, Oh my god, I tried to run I'm like, Tattooers are so, so fucking like, stubborn. Trying to get them to change anything, right? <laughs> if you try to get them because like most of our experience now when somebody does a mistake it's never the artist's fault which probably goes to boost the fucking ego right it's either your needles your ink or your machine that's the problem it's never that you suck and so when we hold on to those three things and keep blaming them it's really hard to change any of that organization it's never like maybe you should just get fucking better and try new things no it's just you're using that brand no you got to use this one they're way better and it's like doesn't make any sense you know if you have a 20 dollar cam machine little cam machines you get for free you know you have cam ink and cam needles you can do just as good of a job as you know how to tattoo than somebody else who's using a 1200 machine 
make it make it better. You do? Yeah. That's why you shot uh, shameless plug. Mm-hmm. That's why you shot and I see people complain about their machines and their needles all the fucking time on Facebook. Oh, I'm fucking these are too sharp. These are I'm like, I'm just here. I don't have time to fuck around. You know, like coil machines. You got I go upstairs, we have one artist that still uses a coil. I'm like, I always I'm an asshole. I go, what are you doing? I'm oh, just tuning. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and I'll just, yeah. <laughs> for that shit no more. I like to come to work and fucking work. You know yeah. what I mean? So, uh, I mean, I I bought two Cheyenne machines just so if one breaks, yeah, I have back, another. Yeah, yeah but so we'll it, doesn't, it doesn't break. Like they don't break. The like, QC on their their products. I can't say anything about German engineering, but they their their stuff oh, is consistently and, and needles. Different. You know, you're you're you God. You go through this routine of checking new needles every fucking day, but it uh, seems like you're just wasting time because. You know, and then you got people, oh, fuck, I had to go through like a whole pack of needles to find one good one. I'm like, buy better fucking needles. Like, what a waste of time mm-hmm. and effort. Like, I, and that's your client. I mean, that's what you do your work with. Uh, yes, it's your talent, but if you're using the cheapest needle possible, I got some fucking cheap fucking uh, cartridges. The other, I wouldn't want to get tattooed by you. Do you think you could still accomplish you know, the same things doing. with, with the, the cheap supplies if you were given them? I don't think so. Oh really? I think I think I'd struggle. I think it would affect my. I like zero distractions, right? You got so I love wireless because it's nice and quiet. Yeah, rotary. Yeah, yeah. Nice and quiet, and you got wireless now, so that's one less thing up yeah. your ass. You know what I mean? That fucking cord. You know, you roll over your cord. You fucking. It I go through so twenty a year, easy. Yeah. Off, <laughs> like, and that's one. I haven't. I. I <laughs> I haven't used a foot switch for 12 years. Yeah. Like I started using Neotats and then I bought one of the little things on the back that just keeps it running constantly. Mm. I used to have leg problems with uh, with a foot switch, you know, working all the time. Yeah. I'd have to go get my leg massaged. I think it was sciatic issues. Like it was agony. Got rid of my foot switch. Guess what? No more leg problems. No. So artists need to be careful of, uh, of their health as well. You know, you, and just by getting rid of all the little nuances, like getting rid of your core, getting rid of your foot switch, um, using good needles so you're not using a good machine so it's not sputter. You know, can you imagine if your machine is like cutting out, you're fucking trying to get, you're like, fuck. I use a $40 get, machine. Eliminate <laughs> all of that and your life will be, I think your life will be easier and your life will be. Maybe it's like setting people up to succeed. Like I, I think that your skill is good enough that I could give you a $10 machine off of eBay and you could still slay personally i don't think you'd like it i could probably do a good tattoo but i wouldn't yeah, like it yeah. and, and Very like yeah. tattooing is stressful enough like it's <laughs> um yeah no i so, just want to have i want to yeah i want to have the best chance possible do you know what i mean like it's like stencils mm. i still do old school stencils the the new school stencils the 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 program that you oh, can I use to like those oh fuck up like like so, if you start out with a seventy percent stencil, guess what? You're gonna ha- end up with like a sixty to ninety percent tattoo. You're never gonna get a hundred percent tattoo, I don't yeah. think. And some of these artists are like, "Oh no, 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 fucking, I love it." And then you look at their tattoos, and the eyes are like this. <laughs> like, you love it though. <laughs> Somebody's done realism. What do you think about people taking the faces and and uh, they'll put them on like an arm on somebody who's very skinny and they don't adapt the design to fit the dimensions of the body. <laughs> I, I had that happen the other day. Uh, we we're doing a mermaid. Mm-hmm. I had the top half of the thing done. I'm guilty of that. Sometimes only getting half a sleeve drawn up. Yeah. 
but put on her arm and her arm had a really weird bend to it and the face was like yeah you know fuck that's not gonna work yeah. that's the good thing about guest artists you learn a lot yeah. um that's a problem with working by yourself you're not gonna have the i really love the community kind of thing you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. so we had a guest artist in and she was just like no and i thought it looked fine and she moved it i'm like god damn like i gotta watch my tattoos more sure enough um i had a client in a little while ago so i moved the the piece down on her arm and i'm like i'll like it's gonna be in the middle of your arm it'll look weird but i'll redesign it and and i have faith and i have no problem yeah. but of course it looks weird because we just got the head done on her lower arm oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like 10 fucking messages over three days you know she's freaking out i'm just like oh for fucks like you have to trust the process and you need to stop messaging me like yeah. hey, you tapped out after four hours like trust me you need to trust the process you yeah. came to me for a reason and this it's it's hard because you know if you're successful in tattooing you you don't get critiqued very often and when you do gotta kind of be nice about it you know what i mean like it's you, you know I, I immediately get defensive it's just it, it's a tough thing like because you have to respect your clients yeah. ideas as well so it's like don't worry about so it's nice so don't worry about it like it's only half done like you know it's not the finished piece it's like you can't you can't judge it by what it is so you know i already have an idea of what i'm doing put her hand up over her head you know holding a piece of octopus she had an octopus around her around her neck anyway, oh, so cool. So it's going to work out great, but she can't, a lot of clients can't see that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, what bothers me the most is backwards tattoos still. God, that drives me. What the <laughs> f Backwards tattoos and little tattoos on thighs. You know what I mean? Like this big? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right in the middle of a thigh. What the fuck? A penny-sized one on like a left scapula yeah. or something, right? You get something yeah. this big on a back? You're like, why'd you do that? <laughs> That's fine. You can cover it up when you do the back. But you know, look in the future, right? And it's just uh, like, I, if you're getting patchwork tattoos, I guess that's fine. Yeah. But it's just bothers me because what are you going to do now? Yeah, I mean, we scale, right? out in England doing some filming for a side project. And uh, the tattoo artist we were filming was doing a thigh piece. And she added stuff on the knee as well. And she's like, I always add stuff on the knee because it looks dumb to her. You know what I mean? Like a big thigh piece and you got a blank knee. Like, what are you going to do on the knee? So she always tried to bring the hair around on the knee and stuff yeah. and fill that area. Like, that's something I've never thought about. It's something I'm going to try and do in the future. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, I uh, teach a, a course on large scale design and like, we always see the segmentation because of how we came up like tattooing. You go from small things, palm size, you start filling things in. And we don't think about the body as a 3D image or space. We're always yeah. thinking about like 2D, right? X, Y plane on paper. So realistically, instead of having something that's flat, we got front, back, inside, and outside. And we're supposed to be thinking about all those when we get into it. And same with, we always think about the arm in two sections and we ignore like the transitional spots, the wrist, the elbow, the shoulder, knee, you know what I mean? So we always end up with this space when you look at people who haven't done a lot of large scale designs where you're making that transition down past the elbow and they, yeah. they've forgotten to add it into the design. When realistically, like, that's where you should start. You should start with yes. the whole thing as a solid piece. That's so why we had those old, the old arm cutout stencils where you could draw your, your tattoo into them and have like a little circle for yeah. the elbow and a little hatch for the ditch and stuff. And oh, this will work, you know? <clears throat> we can go even more complex past that. And it's, yeah, I, I agree. Like getting to those spots, you just, ah, that and my other issue is people doing words like the old barbed wire tattoos. 
<laughs> you know, running, running that, perpendicular we, to the flow of the arm. That's the worst part because then they come in with like the tribal armband and they want to sleep. And you're like, fuck, uh, I got to work with a fucking arm. Like, hopefully you can cover it up. I've done some good cover ups over, you know, mm -hmm. tribal armbands to make. And that's the thing with cover ups. I can't stand when people do cover ups. They just blast over and don't. No, they don't even think about trying to cover it up. Like, no. oh, you can still see a bit of it, but it's good enough. Like, no, it's not. It's yellow of a flower. Like, that's not a fucking cover up. No. Like you, and or or just blacking shit out to have such a dark oh. image that looks like garbage. Anyway. Blacking like, you got to work out with, over the top of it. Ugh. Yeah, and that's an argument with clients as well. You know, you, the best part is making it three times bigger. You know, that's the standard rule. You know, yeah. as long as that cover up is three times bigger, we can hide that old piece of shit you have in part of the design and yeah. not because you don't want people to go hey well, what's under there yeah you know that's not how it's supposed to be you know what i mean so that's uh that that's satisfying when you can do a cover-up and you can't tell us yeah that's totally. a what is a big nasty one yeah. like when well, i think faster when you see them taking the easy one it's like nah take the fucking tribal band yeah and fuck slay it and that shows you i mean you 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 want to be called an ink master and and you're and you're picking the easiest fucking way out. <laughs> fucking do it cover up. Pick the hardest one that's fucking horrible to do. Yeah. And do if you do a, you know, even if you're only halfway there, still better than picking the easy one. Yeah, I think. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that. It, it, I think a lot of people don't get with like cover ups too, or clients especially. You think that you could be one and done, and for best results, you need multiple sits on anything you're going to oh, be going over top. It's sure. not, but also not just a one and done thing. You know, it's it's weird explaining the fact that oh, I want tribal to cover this, and you're like, well, tribal works on the positive and the negative. Yeah. You're going to see your tattoo in the negative. It's not going to work. It's like, not gonna work. or they want script over like it, cover up is a weird word. It should be. It's blending, you know what I mean? You're blending yeah. the wall, disguising yeah. the old one, the old one. You can't, and nothing covers black, right? Yeah. We have the the three, the three, we have an article on the website about this. So we have the three types of cover ups. You got the blast overs, the distraction, where you like move it somewhere inside of it, or the redirect, yeah. right? So you can hide something inside of it and kind of distract where it is. You can redirect by putting something more, you know, fancy or whatever next to it and dumping it in the background, or you could just put something over top. And everyone thinks you just put something over top of it and it'll be fucking fine. And that is not, that doesn't yeah. work. It does. Unless you've got somebody who's going to come in for six, seven, eight sessions and slowly build values by knocking that color out of the skin where you're going to increase chances of scarring. It's not going to fucking work. You know, I you did a really couple, good for that. couple years ago that was like, she had a big black Buddha on the, Oh fuck. It was dark. I'm like, I, I said, I can, you know, do the best I can, but it's not going to look perfect. Like yeah. the, she needs to know right from the start. It's not going to be, as if I started this tattoo yeah. blank canvas yeah. and it came out pretty happy with, it took, I mean, probably six, seven, eight sessions, just yeah. going over and over it, you know, seeing how it heals and then going in and readjusting some of the values and stuff, mm -hmm. you know, cause I don't like going in with black and just blacking over everything or how people go over black outline. Like you got an old shitty tattoo and they go over it with black and they're like, fuck, it's still showing through. I'm like, yeah. Cause you made the black black. <laughs> <laughs> Like, come on, think about it. <laughs> There's something already you have in there. To adding fill to in it. all the all the blank spaces, and then you can blast over it, and then it'll. But yeah. no, they're going over, been over it three times, and it's still showing through. Yeah, yeah. Fourth, <laughs> even blacker. Like, You're gonna keep going over it. It's gonna take you a hundred sessions to be able to like. It's like taking a cup of ink that's black and slowly adding another color to it. You're gonna have to yeah, add, yeah. refill that cup, even with it spilling over oh. so many times to change it, and it's never gonna be the value that you want. 
No, no, never. And what is black? It absorbs energy. Come on, people. Learn some chemistry. Uh -huh. Fucking A. <laughs> That's why we tint with grays and not blacks and whites. Um, any oozles. Let's uh let's go on to our, our thing here. I'm gonna go ahead and share my screen here. And so let's see if we can read a couple of these. I'll I'll put in a cut point right here. Cool. Um, if you are let's open this up here. Yeah, here I'll zoom in a little bit here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh so i'll read the, i'll read the bit here and uh it yeah. says that as we all as most of the world knows because uh steve has originated from the uh merry old england british humor relies on insults accents and dry wit so why don't we read a few uh read aloud a few insults and facts to each other to commemorate the new king celebrate canada and help us bond with our new friend you already know my opinion on that <laughs> um, <laughs> you're not you're not supposed to attack anyone's personal appearance but he's fucking rich he's fucking, <laughs> not, you're not gonna you're not gonna watch this right <laughs> gotta be something about those fucking ears though jesus <laughs> so if you can read it why don't uh why don't you why don't you take that first one let's see go ahead and read ahead if you want to oh i get it we're gonna read yeah you're as trusty as his grandma's toenails you're all yellow thick and i'm pretty sure you end up <laughs> and it would be my mouth i'd get grandma gonorrhea i should know she always gave me a squeezer the what, last summer yeah i know she's dead freaking out. that that doesn't make any sense i don't know where that's but you're supposed to read it with a bit of a fucking you know an east coast canadian accent right i can hate the i've lost the accent and i can't you know what when i go over to england and i hang out at my buddy's shop and tattoo there it comes out like it's you can tell but then the day i get back it's, it's just it's gone. gone yeah yeah ah uh, here's what um, english humor is you know yeah it's, it's the best it's it's, <laughs> it's i think humor has it's placed you know what i mean like i go see some pretty racy i try to be a better person but humor i don't know it, it you make fun of things that that are you know you make fun of horrible things to make it lighter yeah. you know what i mean or else just be fucking depressed all the time uh, like jimmy Carr, that guy takes it to the fucking edge uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if you've watched him but uh i'll add that to my list i'm actually gonna write that down uh jimmy carr oh jimmy carr oh yeah dude he's yeah. fucked i love jimmy oh, carr i love his yeah, he, attitude he's just like hello everyone how are we doing today you know it's just like fucking it's his look too he uh, looks proper yeah he says something disgusting uh yeah. all right well i got i got one that's that's kind of good this is very canadian centric so i'll read it with um a northern ontario slash east coast accent here uh, I had a bad light night last night. I dreamt your mom was giving my dad a squeezer center stage at Ed's Fest while Our Lady Peace was playing Naveed and Nickelback got torn to shreds by a group of proficient curlers using dogs as stones. Doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but in that one fucking sentence, you have the two worst bands coming out of Canada. Fuck it, A, bud. That's why we did it. Let's take the next one. I, I, seriously, there isn't the Our Lady Peace fucking. Nickelback is the whipping boy, and they should be. They should just <laughs> give it up. I went to a tattoo show in England, and they lost their iPod, so they played Nickelback for the first day. <laughs> I had that was the only CD they had in their cars. <laughs> I had a paper towel in my ears with uh, that tape, the uh, self-adhesive tape, 
my part my booth partner is like dude it's not that bad i'm like you have no I, like i've never listened to them but it's it's fucking bad like i can't i'm a, I'm a definitely a that's where i get really picky an hourly piece that guy's voice just bothers you yeah horrible <laughs> why don't you take that this coronation one? street yeah I stopped watching it a few years ago. I got really busy, but I am going to catch up. Nice. Um, my ex-wife has a whole leg sleeve of Coronation Street characters that I did. Oh, no shit. That's actually really cool. And that went that went viral. You can search it online. Just search in Coronation Street Tattoo and it'll... it'll uh, That's cool. It'll come up. It went crazy. That was the only... That was one of two viral tattoos I've ever had. That's tough to do. Yeah. Get a viral tattoo. You think... You can't plan it because you, th- you try and plan it and you... And and you put it out there and it, it doesn't go anywhere and then yeah. you do one that you think eh, it's whatever whatever and it I'll goes fucking a little hot. promo and it blows up and it's just like well what the fuck <laughs> I've only had I had two in one year uh, probably about five years ago I haven't had one since that's <laughs> well I've caught every episode as of late and I can tell you English drama is lost on someone as attractive as me are you. <laughs> That's good. I always talk about surgery. Why the long face? (laughs) We could do Um, this. I don't have to. You could say this one to me. This is very Canadian. We got we got this one in blue here. Let me read it out. I I feel like this is like some sort of a blackmail thing. Video. No, we're just uh, doing jokes. We're just doing jokes. Brian's not here, so every time Brian's not here, I do jokes. So we got to just the end segment is going to be our jokes and then we'll, we'll say a couple other things. And, but I, I wanted to make sure I wrote some jokes that people in Canada may appreciate uh, or absolutely despise. So have you, have you yeah, I, I don't know. Canadian humor. I don't, I know it doesn't. I was brought up on English humor. Yeah. I, I'm lost on this. this I don't know. <laughs> All right. Why don't you read, why don't you read this one, Steve? Random Manitoba sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're losing me on this. I mean, you could uh, probably replace Brandon with any fucking city in Manitoba. <laughs> been Manitoba? Shots fired. Yeah. Yeah. My ex-wife was from there. Um, <laughs> Manitoba is, man, the flies are fucking huge. The fucking wind? The cold in the winter. I drove to we, we we drove to Montreal last year, so we had to drive through Manitoba. Um, yeah, it was interesting. We just drove right through. We didn't. We stopped for gas in the middle and just kept fucking going. There's nothing. To, <laughs> there's nothing to stop and see between Calgary yeah. and Toronto, or Calgary and Ontario. Probably Thunder Bay. There is fucking nothing. There like nothing. It's just fucking go time. Twenty seven hours to get from Calgary to. Thunder Bay straight, and we didn't stop. Ah, oh, that's great. Okay, so I got one. Do you like Norm Macdonald? He's pretty. He's kind of funny. He's one of the okay. only Canadian guys that you get. Uh, comedians that has made. He did. He just pass away. Yeah, yeah. When he did the Crocodile Hunter skit, that was look that one up on YouTube. That that's awesome. Uh, so this this joke I'm, is I'm, I'm calling people are making fun of me behind camera. <laughs> so th- this this joke is this joke is a Norm McDonald joke and and I'll I'll kind of do it like Normie would, all right? They call Alberta yeah. the Texas of Canada. Why would beautiful Alberta want to be associated with Texas? Alberta has everything that Texas does not. Beautiful mountains, lush grasslands. Indeed, it is a true bounty. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> 
I remember why. Because of the toothless hillbillies and oil. Oil. I don't know. I think <laughs> England has more toothless. Uh, <laughs> our dentistry skills are not. Uh... Here, here we go. If I had a big nickel for every time I saw a nutsack at one of your shows, Steve, I'd be a fucking millionaire. Did you see that? <laughs> you saw nutsacks in my show? <laughs> oh, yeah. The first one I went to, there was this dude with this yellow banana hammock who was... I guess endowed because it's his dick always was one of those that every that is and he was right at the front door. It's so like right when he walked in, this dude was getting tattooed all three days, and it was just nut sacks hanging out. <laughs> it was, there's always one of those at every show. That is not an Alberta thing. <laughs> that is like there's uh, always one where you where you go around the corner to the next line in, in the next booth row, and you're like, ah, oh, <laughs> not what you want to say. I mean, in England, they always have. Uh, if you're judging contests, you have to. I was taken by surprise. There was like, there's a guy that has his, uh, what's an English word? Tallywhacker? Is that an English word? Uh, uh, he had his tattooed, and, you know, of course, he enters the contest to, to throw off the judges, and I, di I didn't see it. <laughs> I'm not going to use that word. Um, I didn't expect that to happen. He used his penis so, up on stage and everyone got a little bit queasy, right? It's Tally I Wacker. asked him if it was <laughs> I asked him if it was small color. So I got I got back. <laughs> ah, nice. All right. So now we're into the fact segment because the jokes seem to be falling a little flat, which is I fine. I don't know. Like <laughs> maybe I'm snobby. It's because <laughs> I've brought up British humor. It has to be very dry. I yeah. am a snob oh. in that I, I'm guilty of that. I am uh here we go. We yeah. can do this one. Start off on Faulty Towers and Billy Colony. It's like, why, why don't you take this one, Steve? The highlighted one. Why don't you read this one out for me? I think this is great. Did you know that Cold Lake is shared with Saskatchewan? Not only that, but the town of Lloydminster is also shared with Saskatchewan. That is the first and only time someone has talked about Saskatchewan. <laughs> <laughs> I spent my first three months tattooing in Saskatchewan. No shit. And I I couldn't wait to get the fuck out. Was... <laughs> <laughs> no, no offense to people that live in Saskatchewan, but uh... <laughs> we love Saskatchewan. They're awesome. It's not Americans. It's not Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan, right? Um, do, do you know that their beer sales, like when you go to the liquor store, their booze goes up in price after six p.m. No, I did not know that. It's the only place I've ever seen that. Fucking uh, like if you, I can't remember the prices back then. It was like. If you're buying a case of beer before 6 p.m. was $15, after was like 22 That's a smart model. You no, got to get weird. drunk by noon. That way you can get to sleep by yeah. 8. <laughs> I think that's why everyone's drunk by noon. There's <laughs> uh, next one. Did you know that Alberta is nearly the same size as Afghanistan, Steve? Well, oh, shit. We shouldn't have said that on air. Americans are probably getting ready to invade there as well and fuck up the province when it pulls out. That's it. <laughs> What a mess down there. I, I, yeah. Well, you're there. Sorry. I apologize. Uh, yeah, what a it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, uh over the next few years. What a yeah, we don't I'm, know. I, I won't I won't get into politics uh, at all. No. I'll uh I won't slam certain people. No, it's fine. We like we, I said, they all suck. They're all suck. That's it. I'm yeah. an anarcho-social democratic I'm, person. I just care about what happens in my town. Everyone else can get fucked. I really think they should have IQ tests for fucking uh, politicians, though, because we've got the biggest idiots making rules right now. And it's just like, how can you be so stupid? <laughs> like, like, 
I swear there's quite a few people in there right now that are under 100, like guaranteed. I mean, you've had some presidents under 100 too, right? Oh, yeah. We did the list the other day. We just kind of went back, right? So we've got Methuselah. <laughs> we had a, a, a fucking reality TV star. Right? The guy was pretty smart before that. And we had, you know, a billionaire's kid who's, I love GW now because he's just like, you know, hey, you know, it's just great. We had a pedophile uh, yeah. before that. Like, it's just, you look back at the people who've been running this place and you kind of wonder how we get here. You don't have to think too hard about it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not at all. We've had two in a hundred years that were common sense people. And then Jimmy, yeah. you know, which I mean, hopefully he's still alive with us in hospice. We love you, Jimmy. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah. Was he the last? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I won't talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't share my views. <laughs> All right, Steve, why don't you take the last one here, and then uh, we can we can say goodbye to each other. Where'd you come up with this? Did you know that the phrase "trick or treat" was first coined in Blackie, Alberta, Canada? Yes, that's a true fact, everyone. True I, fact. I, I did not know. It was also things also invented in Alberta are beer-proof garbage can. Oh, bear-proof. <laughs> bear-proof <laughs> bear garbage cans. Well, that makes sense. The ginger beef dish, I knew that. That's uh, which is weird. Have you ever been to China? Because Chinese food is not Chinese food. No. <laughs> when you go to China, it's like Legit. so different. Like <laughs> very, very little meat. Um, but it's it's fucking good. Yeah. Uh, it's different. Uh, uh, my favorite hangover cure, the Caesar, that was created at Caesar's Steakhouse. Um, the Western Hotel tried to. Uh, take that title but it was someone that worked at the weston but uh also worked at caesar's steakhouse so uh, i knew that one porta potties i don't know that yeah oh i mean come, uh, i mean i went to a house in england recently they still had their toilet outside yeah external lose you have to go outside and in and it, yeah. i took a picture because it, it just brought that's like that in australia as well which is really wild. yeah like, yeah uh, but porta potties like portable ones that you can mm -hmm. take yeah. places. I didn't know that. Touch screen TVs, mm -hmm. didn't know that. The mop squeezer, yeah. And is responsible for many inventions. Fifty six modem. What's that? Yeah, first they 56 built the first modem. first fifty six k baud modem. Really? The telephony. Yes, it was invented AM radio, which is why it's so shit because we have Canadian <laughs> music on there. Yeah. This yeah, the semi-automatic pistol. But you know what oh, they didn't true. invent? You know what they didn't invent, Steve? The semi-automatic pistol. Thanks that's again, German. Germany. <laughs> yeah, well, Mr. Mauser. I mean, it's weird. <laughs> I was talking on a chat room in on Facebook. i as a 55-year-old male, I've never held or shot a gun. Nice. I'm tattoo artists were like, I don't get it. Yeah. What do you mean? And you're like, Never had one, never shot it, never touched one. Hmm. And they're like, I don't get it. We take one to work every fucking day, which blows my fucking mind. Well, and that, that, you're British. Like, don't need you're British. British don't people need, them need it. Even in Canada, though, you don't need them. No. I mean, they just banned handguns in Canada, I think. You can't even buy them to go to the shooting range anymore. That's nice. Actually. I think if you have one already, you can keep it. But, yeah. I mean, it doesn't affect. I mean, it only affects criminals, really, I think. Yeah. We don't need them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you don't need them. It's I think that's, uh, deer hunting with a fucking nine millimeter handgun. <laughs> that's it, right? Like it's, yeah, it's just. I'm so glad we don't have that yeah. problem here. There's yeah. definitely a 
an issue that needs, I don't know how, how the hell you guys going to fix it. Because <laughs> you guys in, in England, you know, your, your, your birthplace, they, uh, they have uh, soccer hooligans. They got football hooligans and rugby hooligans, and that's enough. Yeah. So you wake up the next day, you got a broken nose and a fucking black. <laughs> not dead. You know what I mean? Like, dude, they had those guys who were running around stabbing over by like Tower Bridge, I guess. Then they ran in and then they yeah, started stabbing. Yeah, you people. can only kill one person, maybe uh, two. Yeah. So then they ran into it. They ran into a Chelsea football fan. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Chelsea rules. And he took down three yeah, yeah. people and I just got stabbed like 13 times and just like fucking took him out. Save the day. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, they had an unfortunate incident here. I think someone killed multiple yeah. people stabbing them, but I mean, very rare, yeah. very. Uh, and yeah, as soon as you start shooting kids, and and that's okay. It's that's kind of weird. Yeah, we won't make any light on that. I want to tell a joke. I could. No, no, fuck no. <laughs> that's a lot, man. <laughs> Steve, your face was great. It's like oh. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's that's it for today, dude. Uh, is there anything you want to uh, throw out? Uh, give give a shout out to, pull pitch anything? Yeah, our our tattoo artist Kennedy. She's amazing. Yeah. She's like the best ever. <laughs> we we bug Kennedy all the time, and she's sitting here on the other side. <laughs> and now she got her head all. Like, all right, everyone. Yeah. We'll fucking fucking check out Kennedy online, eh? Fucking leave her a positive note review. And then this is going to stay up. Ken Night Art. Yeah, there you go. Ken Night Art. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be up for, this is going to be up for 30 years. So don't change your Instagram handle. <laughs> no, no, she won't. <laughs> we harass her all the time. My assistant is also on the other side of the screen right now. Going, <laughs> like, you're I'm like, no, you're not getting it. No, if you ask for it, I'm not fucking getting it. I just got the finger. <laughs> uh that's fucking hilarious well yeah uh thank you very much i'm gonna do a cold open and stuff put it on the back but yeah we're gonna end the show this is our generic outro track thank you everyone for listening remember please go give us a like subscribe review on any of the podcast players or platforms that you enjoy listening to us on and uh thanks yeah thanks thanks for listening to the show we hope you enjoyed it we'll talk to you again next week